ADT professionally installs Google Nest products, helping to make your home safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security system from virtually anywhere. And with Nest Cams and Nest Doorbell, you get intelligent alerts on what matters most. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Let's get down for eSports! Hello and welcome to Nerf This, the show that is going to take you down the road of different hosts' voices. My name is Joel Scott and I... I'm running a shit dig. Seven's laughing in the background because he's he's wondering what the hell he just got himself into. Hey, Seven. I, I love it. Last minute, I'm like, Jules, you got this. You're running with it. All you. And you're like, okay, I've hosted before. I got this. I, I host every week. I mean, this is nothing new. I just have never hosted this show. So be kind, audience. Just just be kind. Or don't. It's, it's way better than me who've, who's traveled like the last, I don't know, like nine of 14 days. I'm totally out of whack. Uh, the show is much safer in your hands. Oh, You're the designated driver today. So what's been going on in that front? Like where you've been traveling these last seven, nine days, whatever. Uh, I was at PAX for a while and now I'm actually in the middle of, where Where am I? Where are you? Iowa. I'm in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> that helps. I'm actually in a hotel, so if you hear random people driving by and like motorcycles or whatever, it's because my room is like right above the street. So that'll get fun. Um, but yeah, <laughs> tethered to my phone, recording a show while Princess Brian runs around like, "Oh, I'm gonna move across the country." I did it, Brian. I did it and still recorded. Well, Princess Brian just sent me a message saying that his movers are finally done packing up his apartment. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that is why. We're doing this show and he's not. So it is our job as the hosts of this show to give him a load of shit all throughout this entire episode because that's what we do. That's what we do. That is what we yeah, do. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, buckle in for this episode because Seven and I will probably go off the rails quite a few times during the, the this I don't know this whole thing. We've got some show notes for yeah. We got some show notes for you. We've got uh, some Rocket League. We've got Overwatch League, and then we've got some really I don't know awful people. I guess to talk about at the end of the show. But uh, let, let's just start with Rocket League because I think that's safe. That's a safe topic. So uh, Psionics is revealing that the finals of the sixth season is going to be held. In the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. I've been there. Have you been there? I have not. Um, I remember anything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so I'm not allowed to talk about the times I, I've been there. But uh, <laughs> in all honesty, make it sound like I've done something there. I really just played Star Wars. Uh, I don't know. What, what's, what's the slot machines in the airport? That's all I've really done. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. I actually stayed at the Orleans <laughs> Okay, this is going to be a really random story that's not related to Rocket League, but I stayed in the Orleans <laughs> like the year that Burning Crusade from WoW was released, and that's where Blizzard had decided to run their after-release expansion party. 
So they had busloads of employees coming through the lobby and this line that stretched across the entirety of the lobby for people to check in. And I'm like, those people have hats on that have exclamation points. And they're wearing stuff that says World of Warcraft. Right. Oh, my God. Those are all Blizzard employees. (laughs) It was one of the coolest things of my life. I know I've lived a very sheltered life, but that's what the Orleans means to me. And now Rocket League is going to have an event at that at that uh, like that, that's a that's an awesome location <laughs> it is <laughs> so bad anyway let's get back to rocket league uh <laughs> four teams from each of the north american and european rlcs sections and two teams from the oceana league for a one million dollar prize pool which is the largest in rocket league history that's pretty darn awesome yeah it's amazing that the the, sh- the game has come this far right and i mean it's not I don't want to say it's not backed by like a large company. Cyanix is much larger now than when they originally launched. But I mean, this is a, a group or this is a developer who launched uh, largely partnered with PlayStation at launch because it would save them money from a marketing standpoint because they employed zero people for marketing. It was just straight up developers with all the money they had. And now yeah. here they are years later with a million dollar prize pool, a very successful esports franchise. Uh, I mean, they've been on E-League in the past. They've mm-hmm. just, uh, I mean, the RLCS is incredibly fun to watch. It's just such a, a fun game. I think people can easily sit in a bar and, and watch it and relate to it. We've talked about it over and over again. Like, it's you don't necessarily need even the sound on to understand what's going on and to get the tension from the game. It's just such a solid game. And a lot of people I know who I would not normally ever think that they were into any kind of eSport, actually, like, I'm finding out are Rocket League players. They're, they're, they're horrible, but they enjoy Rocket League and they love watching the events. So it doesn't Which surprise just, me just, that they're at this point. I love that. I, you know, because all you need to do is describe it as soccer with cars and people are like, right. I get that. Right. I understand that. It makes sense. But um, I'm the worst Rocket League player there is. So... <laughs> I but I will sit and watch all the time during just random streams. I'll watch championship matches because I don't know how these people actually manage to do the things that they do because when I whenever I try it it looks horrible. So <laughs> so I I don't know, I would go to Vegas. I would sit there and watch this. This sounds like an awesome time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would definitely show up there as well. Like uh, it may be what drives me to go to Vegas finally. Uh, to watch, I mean, watching Rocket League, uh, just a stream is so much fun. I can't imagine doing it live. And it's something I haven't done yet that I need to do. Um, yeah. So definitely, definitely on my list of things to do. So I don't know if I mention it, but it's going to be held on November 9th through the 11th. That's the Rocket League World Championship. And uh, I'm sure you'll be able to watch it on stream as well. So that's uh, that's to start us off. But uh I don't know. We've got we've got another one for you, for you that maybe isn't <laughs> so so, uh, so bright and shiny. Yeah, right. One of the things you will actually get to watch is Rocket League. Something you won't get to watch is any kind of violent sport in the Olympics. Uh, so recently, the International Olympic Committee reaffirmed their stance against violent video games at the Olympics. This happened uh, shortly after the Asian Games in Jakarta, uh, Indonesia, uh, finished. I believe it was like li- like last week, just maybe before last week. Um, where they basically said we don't want any video game that is deemed as violent. So basically the, the stipulation is is if you have to play this game and the objective is to essentially kill someone, then that is not allowed. And so what they want to do is focus largely on 
things that are uh, essentially, which is kind of boring sounding, but they want to focus on and games that are very much like towards the current uh, sports simulation kind of games, like say FIFA uh, or even like NBA 2K, correct? <laughs> so something along the lines of basketball. And so they have a, a list of things that they, they want to do. Um, and largely, I think a lot of people looked at the Asian games as being like this is where esports is going to happen. Um, it's mm-hmm. you know the Asian Games was essentially like the Olympics for uh, like Southeast Asia countries and so on and so forth. And uh, there was a lot of pushback um, during that uh, event to the point where I don't believe they actually gave away medals, which they originally pl- planned to do. That you could basically get a medal in StarCraft, right? Like this country would win a gold for it, and they took that away. Um, I was even supposed to cast, and they took away the English casters. Um, they because really? they, they, Yeah, they pared down incredibly. I was, I was slated to cast Hearthstone. Um, and literally, like, two days before the event, they canceled me. I was like, all right, good to know. And so that's why. And then I was like, I'm off to PAX anyways. But um, yeah. so it's it makes sense. And some people had pushback, right? Like, some people were like, well, what happens when you're talking about, like, things like boxing? You're essentially punching another person or fencing. You're essentially stabbing someone. And... Um, they say you, you're you're basically not uh, killing the other person. Person in in the, as it, to quote it says, of course, every combat sport has its origins in a real fight among people, but the sport is the civilized expressions about that, right? And so you have, and uh, they say quoted, if you have e games, e games. <laughs> oh my gosh sorry trigger word uh, where it's about killing somebody, this cannot be brought into line with the Olympic values. Which I, I don't find this surprising at all. I don't find yeah. the, the surprising use of e-games in their statement. But, I, I mean, well, but where does this leave that... things like, again, like Hearthstone or yeah. uh, Smash Brothers or Ultimate? You know what I mean? Like, what happens with those? We know that the um, the IOC president, his name is Thomas Bach, we know this guy doesn't really understand esports. And that was the whole part of having that summit back in July, June, July, where some of the Overwatch League players there, uh, Rick Fox, the owner of Echo Fox, was there. They're there to try to explain to these folks, this is what esports is, and this is what it's not. Right, right. And the the strange thing that happens with this is they're just like, well, if there's dying going on, then that's against the, the Olympic values. It's like... Okay, wait. <laughs> we're yeah. we're not playing games. This is not us playing Doom, where we're right. seeing blood splatter everywhere. Um, I can see it being a problem for things like Call of Duty. Okay, like right. a headshot. There's blood splatter. We're not doing that. And, I get it. And one of the things is too is like just prior, maybe like two weeks before this was the Call of Duty World Championships, right? Then you have we you know we had the shooting just recently. Um, You had in Asia, there was kind of like this mini revolt, largely around the fact that a lot of the Asian games uh, like uh, League of Legends, Hearthstone, Starcraft, uh, I think even Arena of Valor were all like basically Tencent, right? Like everything was being put on by like Tencent and Blizzard slash Activision. So um, it was almost like a a promotional piece for them more so than like this Olympics. So there was just a lot of things that misfired uh, at the, that, I mean, that, that went on at that time it was like the perfect storm and so this is the result of it is that no these can't be out there and i honestly think that if you want to focus on like sports simulation games there's no point there's zero point to doing that at the olympics i don't know why anybody would even watch it when you could watch like actual the 
you country of USA playing it, right? Yeah. Maybe not. So yeah. from a soccer standpoint or whatever it may be, uh, the real thing is going on at the same time, largely. Why yeah. would we do a sports sim? I just it doesn't make sense. I agree with you 100. percent I don't think that there's a need for. Well, I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to be way off base. But a sports sim esport is that as large and as prestigious as something like the international Dota Two. You've got you know uh, worlds for for League of Legends. It's just like it doesn't seem like they're on the yeah. same scale. Even StarCraft Two it- seems to be so much bigger yeah. and. Who wants, if you're going (laughs) to be able to watch someone play soccer, right? Right. uh, Why would you watch them play a simulation of that game when they're out there on the field right there that you can hang out and watch the pros? I don't know. Yeah. And and all honestly, I I would say up until maybe if these last few weeks hadn't happened, a majority of the stories coming out the last few weeks, I would argue that people understand the difference between real life and like Counter-Strike. Um but unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of dumb people doing a lot of dumb things. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, it just so it doesn't surprise me that the the, the Olympic um, International Olympic Committee is basically just backtracking essentially on esports because yeah. it's not a, a place you want to be right now from a PR standpoint. It's really where it's at. It's just it's sad. That's unfortunately true. so true, and um, and the fact that each game has its own developer owned but you know they are these games are owned they're they they ha- it's it's this not just true. like soccer or basketball or you know or figure skating it's it like this is this is now getting into a business side of it that is not uh, the same as it is for a competitive sport that isn't owned by anything so i don't know as much as I am a huge esports fan, as much as I would love to see them be something that could be as prestigious as a medaled event, I don't think we're ever going to get there in this in this decade, or you know, probably in this lifetime. I don't see it happening. This is true. This is true. That's a very good point. Look at that. So you host, and we have good points. <laughs> <What's going on? laughs> Bam! <laughs> Job well, filled. Speaking- <laughs> Later, princess. Sorry. The, uh- <laughs> Poor princess. Well, I, I actually shared this or this article with poor princess earlier. Princess Brian, we're talking about um, <laughs> that. Uh, PUBG hit the news today for reaching a milestone for one million concurrent players every single day for one year, as of September eighth. This is being tracked on Steam, uh, so this is not specifically for any other platform, but. For 365 days straight, there's been over 1 million concurrent players on that game. That's fantastic. So much for a dead game. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, so many so many game, so many companies that they would kill for a million concurrent players every day for an entire year. And, and to be clear, this only actually tracks people playing PC. Nothing console-based. Doesn't count in the mobile stuff, which ironically, I was flying through like Detroit Airport, and there was like a big sign for like... PUBG Mobile, which is kind of weird to see in an airport. Like I, I don't know why, but I just find it weird whenever I see like advertisements for esports games. Yeah, weird in in an airport, right? Um, right. Well, but, PUBG Mobile is probably being yeah. played in an airport quite a bit now. I bet you could argue that PUBG Mobile is probably played by more people concurrently uh, at this point in time than the actual PC version. 
Um, but who knows where those numbers are. And I mean, Tencent will probably give them to you at some point in time, <laughs> but over in China, it's huge. It's even bigger than PC. So that tells you something there. Yeah. And I'm going to sound really old by saying this. I do not understand how people play that game on mobile. I just don't. Oh, it's so hard. I, I love watching some of the hacks that people have done in terms of like reloading and shooting and stuff, like taking like a gum wrapper and some tape and just getting some like being able to just like tap the gum wrapper like rapidly and that counts as like tapping the screen but they don't have to move as far and those are like a bunch of motorcycles driving by like i mentioned earlier yep, uh, they're obviously going to like there's a PUBG mobile event going on right down the street evidently everybody's got to go on their motorcycle and come there but um <laughs> i apologize i knew it was going to happen <laughs> it's just going to happen <laughs> this, <laughs> this show, is what whatever. happens when you do it mobile but we are being mobile it's just this is how it works um the Interesting thing I saw in this, too, is that PUBG on Twitch, except for one day in May, it was May 23rd, 2018, and they don't, in this article in the Esports Observer, they don't actually say what the significance of that day was, but Twitch has had, like, Twitch viewership for PUBG maintaining over 550,000 daily hours watched for that same, like, year time period that the game has been played concurrently by a million people. So... It's this insane amount of, I, I love how everybody's out there talking, oh, dead game, nobody's playing PUBG anymore, it's all Fortnite, but it, there's, it, this, they're still holding their own. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I'm sure you, uh, Fortnite's numbers are better. Like they're not oh, yeah. going through Steam, so that's or, uh, so that's not something you can necessarily, uh, we can garner. We have to kind of take Epic's uh, uh, ruling on it or whatever information they want to give out on it um but in all honesty like it, one million is not a dead not, not a dead game is it no. down from where it was originally yeah i'm sure it is uh it definitely is but still a million was still a very difficult thing to achieve and it's continued to do that i mean there are games like dota which occasionally it fights with right at the at the top and even csgo if you're calling PUBG a dead game look at csgo numbers right <laughs> like yeah it's it's if i'm correct it's it's still beating it in a concurrent standpoint uh far more and, and csgo is still considered like huge hugely popular esport where PUBG, not necessarily hugely popular esport getting there it's once it's ready quote unquote mm-hmm. um <laughs> but yeah i just think there's a lot to um uh, th- i think that million concurrent says a lot i was watching um the PUBG, it was the the broadcaster uh, showdown that they had at PAX. Mm-hmm. I was watching that during PAX weekend. I was watching a lot of esports on PAX weekend, and uh, they, you know, you're you're seeing the popularity of PUBG is remaining. There's just a lot that's going on to the the top level streamers and pros out there that are just you know vying it out to win huge cash prizes for these tournaments. Yeah, they they have to still work on their esports. We know this, but it's it's still. I feel like everything is still budding and growing, and we're gonna get to Fortnite stuff in a little bit. It's like the Wild West is still out there because nobody has a really good sense yet how to create a battle royale in an esport capacity that feels good. Everybody's <laughs> trying new things, trying out their stuff. I don't know. Maple Story Battle Royale was pretty popular at PAX. I'm just gonna say. Uh, it could be coming. It could be the next big thing. You could have a uh, sixty million dollar buy-ins for teams 
<laughs> Sounds like a party to me. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking of buying into franchise teams, um, it's official now. We have eight new teams coming to the Overwatch League. They've all been revealed. Uh, that is Toronto, Vancouver, Washington, D.C., uh, Paris, France, and the Chinese cities of um, uh, was it Hangzhou and uh, Chengdu. Yes. And so these teams... Um, while we get two more in China, one more in Europe, Canada gets two, we get one more in North America, we get zero in Australia, which we thought for certain, we thought for certain that somebody in Australia was going to get it. But it doesn't seem to be the case. I know. And there's so many disappointed Aussies. I feel so bad because that was something that was like, we were thinking that was locked in. And we were actually, I was very surprised to see Washington, D.C. be on that list. I would have... Yeah. Like I think the Seattle people were just like, come on, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Seattle. Like it's totally gonna be. Nope. Yeah, I mean Vancouver's a, a close enough bet. Uh, I think the, the people over Mixer who was like, hey, are we up for a road trip? I guess I'm like, all right, I guess we'll have to do it. But uh, DC is is surprising. I know DC originally had a deal with Splice prior to the league opening, wanting to have more stuff going on in DC. I believe it was Splice. It could have been Boston. I'm almost certain that DC had some stuff involved in terms of an esports. They have an interest in it. Uh, and it, you're right. I, I think we, we, we were 100% certain that Australia was going to get a team, but we weren't sure where that team was going to land. We had like a choice of like maybe two cities in which we thought it was going to happen in, especially with Riot essentially uh, making a larger investment in Australia as well. And, and even so, like we've had a lot of contender teams um, and, you know, they're um, – global games essentially their 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 teams are, are like really strong as well they've had strong showings in the past essentially uh, not so much maybe this year but they've, mm-hmm. they've they've got a following for overwatch there it's just the fact that they don't have a team is like why give it to dc and not not there i mean, i know uh it basically boils down to money but still yeah, uh, it's sad yeah yeah and so now we we're gonna have to wait and see you know next time around what the expansion plans would be if it doesn't turn out to be australia in a third round then you start to wonder if it's about the money yeah because that that's really the 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 driving force of can they can is there a monetary need or a desire to have a team in the in australia and is there the we know that they don't draw in the home crowd for the players themselves we know that's not the case, but it feels like is the money there for the fans? Are they invested enough to be able to want to spend the, the money on the merchandise? I think they are, but if you don't see it come around the third round, I'm like, oh man, there's something wrong there. Like something ain't right if they're not coming through Australia by the third round of expansion. Yeah, I'm I'm actually surprised that there wasn't at least another one or two European teams, at least one more, right? Yeah. Uh, Paris, I, I initially thought maybe something in, like, say, Sweden or something in, in, in Germany was, was coming. Uh, obviously, none of those panned out. Uh, so we're, we're really down to, you know, essentially London and Paris, right? And so um, I think Chengdu uh, and Hangzhou getting teams – well, not surprising that China got two more teams um, because there's so much money, and with Tencent being involved there, like it's it's obviously that 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 was more. I it's a huge market play as well as a money play, right? There's so oh, many yeah. people in China wanting to watch it, and you've got uh, I think maybe now with three teams, we can at least expect one win of coming out of China next year. 
Uh, so we have a, a really solid chance. But now that they've added eight teams, that's increased the size of the league uh, quite a bit. So I'm wondering if we're going to see format changes, number of stage changes, number of matches played. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like they had a hard time dealing with the amount that they already had. And players were already consider calling, you know, already having issues with burnout. Could you imagine essentially adding 30% more games or 40% more games, uh, even 50% more games to the, the matchup uh, and to, to their season? Like these players are just going to be jumping ship, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, they Retiring they early. Yeah, they can't. When you're expanding the number of teams, I, my my initial thought was okay. So um, are we now going to be in a mode where um, you you go to the NFL model where it's you're playing one game per weekend in a in an NFL season, right, and then yeah. that's it. And they're being played simultaneously. So you know that's a whole another beast. Do you put them on stream? Who goes on stream? Who doesn't? Yeah, and you um, you may have some stuff like going on during the week. I mean, this this could be um, if you if you do institute more matches, essentially, uh, then you're looking at having a, a bigger roster depth, right? So you can avoid burnout. Maybe that's a play for that to see different players and different strategies come out more, change it up. They also allowed you know the the players in the Overwatch League to play within contenders, right? Um, and so they're allowing them to get more matches that way. Uh, so if they if they're adding fifty percent more matches and then opening up to let those players play in contenders, chances are we may not see players in contenders as much because they got to be saving their core rosters from burnout um, and and changing up rosters more and strategies more. That I would love to see, yeah. really more so than players playing in contenders. And maybe this is a way around it. I I don't know. Well, I'm sure we'll find out at BlizzCon what next year looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be very, very interesting because we've just entered the time frame where these teams can start recruiting from the free agent pool. And that's it's exclusive now for the expansion teams. They get their shot at any player who is not signed as a contract player from, from season one uh, or anybody who has just entered the free agent pool. So this is going to be now where these eight teams can go find their players. Yeah, and there's a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of new teams, right? And so that talent pool, which we've seen a lot of the teams dump players, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of there are a lot of free agents out there that are solid, solid players. Um, but who, I mean, uh, how much of this is just going to be recycling of players versus bringing up new talent? Because I almost feel like. Well, I know there are a ton of Overwatch players. I know there's a ton of good Overwatch players, but I don't know if there's visibility on a lot of those players, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you know to find them? Contenders is a great way of finding them, but I still don't think there are eight contender teams that are worthy of playing in the Overwatch League, right? So right. it's going to be uh, possibly even a scouting nightmare for a lot of these people. I, I don't see many of these teams having a great year. Yeah, they've already... That's a really good point because the the amount of players that got dumped from the season one rosters, I mean, there's quite a few, um, and but that's not enough to fill up those eight spots. So you're going to have to find the the new talent, the new blood that's coming up. The thing about it though is that there's like the World Cup teams have been playing with players who are less than 18 years old. They can do that. They're they're allowed to play. In Overwatch League, they got to be 18 or older to be competing in there. Uh, I saw there was a 15-year-old playing the other day, this weekend. Um, So there's opportunity for those players who maybe have been out there younger 
practicing up, getting on Twitch streams, doing their thing. <laughs> um, ones that we haven't seen. And so here, here's my hope that we're going to get like stupid surprised by the talent on this new group of, of teams. And we're going to be like, oh my gosh, so that player that was dumped by Florida Mayhem, who didn't do well there, is now like the mega star for Washington, right. D.C. Right. And, see that. and we, we saw uh, some of that happening already during the season, especially so- towards the later half, right? I mean, some of the people, no, not many people predicted like Philadelphia Fusion having the run they did, right? And so when you right. have that kind of not necessarily like unknown or underdog story happening, people can really, really get behind it because that became a great narrative to play off of, to cast off of, to broadcast. Uh, and so I think largely having these eight teams is going to provide a lot more narrative. We're going to have uh, more surprises. I don't, I don't think the overall overall quality of play will be as much as year one. It's hard to say, right? Because it could totally level out. It could be that some of the people that were cut maybe play better with other people. Maybe there's a ton of talent out there that has yet to be discovered that gets picked up. My only worry is that some of these teams were just recently either made the acquisition to or made the purchase to buy in to the franchise, so they haven't had a ton of time to scout. They haven't hired in people to actually handle that until yeah. like shortly around the time that they're announced. So and if you think about it, you're coming in. In some of these cases, you're only given two, three weeks. And now you've got to go scout players, and you've got this like one-month window to do it before everybody else kind of closes in on your space. Unless you already had a history of being involved in a lot of this, uh, you know, and you, you're maybe coming from another Overwatch team or you've been involved in contenders, there's, there's a lot – there's a huge learning curve. And the yeah. things are stacked against you. Like, for instance, I believe the, the guy who's behind the – canadian olympic committee or something like that joined toronto like the week that they were announced like it was contingent like if they got into overwatch league he was joining mm-hmm. that was last week <laughs> right mm-hmm. so he's only been in space to in the place to run it for a week and now they've got what three more weeks and then that window closes that's i think they've got until the early part of december so we've I got thought it was october got some... my bad is it is it? Uh, it might be. I, actually, let me double check because I just. Well, I think exclusive right to the actual signing of oh, people, yeah. like they have the Overwatch, the the new teams have until I thought October like eighth ish. October seventh is when they have Seven. to when they, when this window closes, but then all teams have to have a final right. eight player roster on December first. Right. So, so expansion yeah. teams have exclusivity to sign players until the eighth. After the eighth, it's open to everybody. Right. Through December. There we go. Yeah cool yeah so this is going to be a wild west time i mean you make a, a really excellent point about just not knowing what you don't know if you're just new to this and you've not gone out there and recruited players that are being paid 50 grand to go play overwatch and that's just a minimum that's a lot of money to throw around and then figure out how to make a team how to put it together Find a staff. Wow, what's even more money is the thirty to sixty million to throw into. Yeah, so maybe fifty grand isn't true. bad. It's just finding talent to even compete and not be turn out to make, you know, the next Shanghai Dragons. In all honesty, yeah. Pride, pride well, is more. Pride is worth more, I think, <laughs> than fifty grand. <laughs> so true. So uh, we also had some Overwatch 
World Cup action going on this weekend. Um, it was the qualifiers going on in Los Angeles for the group's stages continuing. And the U.S. and Canada were the top two coming out there with the U.S. taking the top seed. Um, this was a big one because whoever won the top, like they, they came out number one, wasn't going to have to face off against South Korea in the quarterfinals at BlizzCon. So the U.S. were like, yeah, we better take number one because we do not want to have to take on the South Korean team, which is pretty much made up of like New York Excelsior players <laughs> right off the bat. That just would have felt weird. So now yeah. it's I think Canada might have to do it. Um, this one got a little spicy this weekend because... On the United States side, we had uh, Muma, and on the Canada side, we had XQC, and there's been some, there was drama that went down during the Overwatch. Wait a minute, are you saying XQC and drama in the same sentence? Oh my goodness, no way. I ventured to that that pool of cess, and uh, (laughs) and, uh, and I went there, and Muma, U.S., they took the, they, they went undefeated, in the uh in the qualifiers so they beat out canada in the, in the finals for that so they wound up going up undefeated canada took the loss and muma had a little fun on twitter just to throw some shade which was nice to see <laughs> um if you don't know if you hadn't heard what the drama was uh xqc made some homophobic comments towards muma who is a he is a gay player and it's just i'm not a fan of XQC being as part of the World Cup team after being removed from the Overwatch League, but that's neither here nor there. That's not my decision to make. Yeah. I just, <laughs> again, it's XQC. It's just sadness all around. I think he's he's got to be. At this point, after this, he I can't imagine him being invited back to anything. Even if he's voted in, I don't know if they're going to bring him back. It's just so much trouble every time he does it. So well, know, they he, did it this time, and that I mean, he got banned from Overwatch the couple weeks prior to actually getting here. So it is what it is. Yeah. But um, you know, there's uh, the nice thing is that if you're going to BlizzCon, you and you are from the United States, you're going to get to see your team play at BlizzCon in the big old Overwatch arena, which is so freaking sweet. Holy crap, that thing is awesome. All right, all right, hold on. Totally random side note. I was looking for a uh, – there was a, a moment. can't remember what team that XQ, or XQC Royal Canada itself was was facing up against, but XQC did this total bait of uh, the opposing team, uh, and I think it might have been Agilities who basically uh, – so the entire team like basically sees XQC on his own. They're totally going to rip him. So they all dive into him, but he's Roadhog, so he's got a little bit of like standing power. Mm-hmm. And Agilities comes literally gliding all, along the the wall from around behind them and boops like like four of them off, and it was just like this total bait. Like, hey, come beat up XQC. Oops, you weren't paying attention. You all got booped off the map. So I, I thought this was hilarious. But the even what I find even more hilarious is while searching for this quickly so I could find the reference to the team they were playing, I find out that USA Today has an actual Overwatch site. Did they really? Yeah, it's called overwatchwire.usa today. Had no idea. No idea this existed. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> so weird. I, I it's, this isn't a promo. They didn't pay for anything. They should. They should, damn it. But they didn't. I had no idea. It was like, what why what is this? And then 
Wow. Yeah. Anyways, the entire site just designated to USA Today. So my guess is they're somehow involved with an Overwatch team now. So <laughs> somewhere along the line, they've bought in. But anyways, thought That's I'd just awesome. mention that. So if you want to watch some more Overwatch World Cup qualifying action, it's going to kick off on the 13th uh, in Thailand. And that's where China, Australia, Sweden, and Spain, Denmark, they're going to be fighting it out for those spots. Um, The final one scheduled in September in Paris, and that's going to be uh, France, Germany, Italy, Netherlands, Poland, and the UK. So that's where we're going to find out who our eight teams total will be for the BlizzCon finals. I uh, I know at least one of us is going to be there watching. I mean, one of the three of us will be there. So, because we got to cover all this stuff to, to bring back to you guys from BlizzCon. I can't wait. I just can't wait. I can't wait either. It's going to be good BlizzCon this year. Oh, Keemstar. I don't know, man. Fortnite, Keemstar is starting to become infamous combination of names. Uh, it's definitely a love-hate relationship, I think. This is, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, uh, as as Brian would say. Yes. I mean, I was <laughs> checking my Twitter feed last, it was Friday. Just kind of reviewing some stuff, checking all the esports headlines. I see a retweet from Ninja across my timeline, and it's from Keemstar saying, okay, I'll bring back Friday Fortnite if this tweet gets 100,000 retweets. And because it came from Ninja... The timer, the little clock thing for or the retweets just starts going. And uh, I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> That's going to happen. Um, so I sure is shooting on Monday morning. There's a, a, some in, Such there's a potty mouth. Saying, <laughs> sure <Sorry>. is shooting. Uh, <laughs> Sailor. We see on Monday morning. He's like, we got we got it. We're going to start as soon as Friday. But I don't know, man. Seven. There was like, it was like a balloon just deflated. (laughs) Yeah, just like, what was it? Just a couple hours later, Fortnite, Epic announced that it's going to bring back Friday Fortnite. Or sorry, uh, their, uh, uh, what it was called, the the uh, Fall Skirmish. And it was going to start and basically run right over the tournament again. Um, And (laughs) basically, Keemstar was like, nope, I'm out. I'm done with this game. Good luck. And so there you go. No more Friday Fortnite. You couldn't have written that script better. Like it, it was hours. It was hours difference. I think between yes, yeah. we're back to nope. Peace out. I'm done with this game. <laughs> I seriously wonder if there was somebody or somebody's at Epic Games that was just sitting there watching this happen, going, "Oh, honey, you just wait." <laughs> uh, I know. I- I, I, I bet you when that announcement probably came out, like there was probably some kind of PR people at the ready, knowing that these things were it was just going to go south. I mean, that's just there. I, I don't like for as much inexperience that Epic really does have when it comes to esports events and putting them on rule sets and even just having expectations around like how things may go and and how to dodge problems that are pretty common in the industry and they seem to just kind of walk into and then like well we've got money we're out of it <laughs> you know yeah. um it, they, they they sometimes do a really bad job of just supporting their community and if you have a tournament that is run by even if it's run by a third party and it's doing very very well to, work with that person to change times enable them in some way shape or form don't just step on it and then when they like 
peace out, I'm done. Now, granted, it's kind of like I'm taking my football and going home kind of moment. Yeah. Like Keemstar is being a little childish in that in that kind of response. He could move it to another day. I get it, but he just. I under I feel his pain, right? Like you, it takes a lot to organize a tournament. It takes a lot to organize a tournament of that quality in which he was doing, and then just have it stepped on repeatedly by a company uh, who who isn't telling you, like, hey, the Friday fortnight, let's you you, you might want to do it Saturday afternoon or make it a Friday midday fortnight uh, yeah. something because we're going to steamroll it. And I don't like when companies do that when they intentionally try to in house their esports and they ruin third-party tournament organizers that are grassroots, not necessarily somebody who's making, like, a ton of money off of it, right? Like a dream hack, essentially, is making money off of it. Yeah. Well, look at the day and age that we sit in right now. If you were a developer of a game and you had uh, someone of the of the ilk of Keemstar, I guess is the way to put it, um, who has that audience, who has that kind of money to throw at a tournament... I think you would probably just fall over and kiss the ground that they walk on, that they would do this to promote your game. But Epic doesn't need that because they print money right now. Right. They just, right. They just do. So that's that in itself kind of just fucking blows my mind. And the other one that just makes my head spin is that they're able to put together i'm talking about epic they they are able to put together these tournaments they threw this announcement about fall fortnite and said it's coming and it's going to be 10 million dollars of prize pool over six weekends six weeks and that's all we've got right now and people are like blah they're so excited <laughs> but they didn't give you anything they didn't tell you anything they never do <laughs> and I don't know. Did you? I know you were at PAX, but I know you were super busy. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to watch the summer skirmish, the last one at PAX at all? I think I watched the maybe next to last. Um, I'm trying to think if it was that day or not. I no, because I, I didn't watch the very, the very 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 final one. I watched some, uh, some of the stuff. Production wise, it was pretty much on point. Um, the yeah. people who do NGE. Or sorry, NGE, which is the production company who did um, even the, the Hearthstone Tespa stuff I work on was the same group who did it there, and they're uh-huh. solid, solid production. It, there was a few glitches, I guess you could say, from a bug standpoint, but it wasn't like on a production end. That's just game. Like I think they had like everybody was constantly jumping, and there was like gravity was off or something yes, random. Yes, I watched that. Saw that <laughs> it was a zero gravity zone that wound up glitching out. Yeah, and. Yeah. And uh, players, and it was a towards the final circles, like really, really getting tight in there, and the players lost control of their characters. But what I was thinking with that whole thing of that pack summer skirmish is that didn't get announced until about a week prior to it actually happening, and the response and the ability for these players to mobilize if they weren't already planning to go to packs was insane. Because so, they, it was yeah. that competition was hot. Yeah, there so were really I, I, good players there. I did find out a little bit about that, so it was pretty much last dish minute, not entirely so. Um, it actually wasn't held within PAX the Convention Center; it was outside of PAX Convention Center, uh, within walking distance. It was about a block. It's like one block over, but it was in like mm-hmm. a parking lot that they basically took over, made a giant like tented dome thing with giant screens. It was very cool production, well done. Um, but what I did find out is, like, because none of those players could sign up or reserve spots, right? So you had a lot of players um, 
that were there essentially like Cloud9, uh, Tempo Storm players uh, specifically that I talked to had camped out the night before outside, like slept outside so they could have a spot and be in on the, on the initial run of people because they took, uh, I don't know, I think they had like three groups of 100 or something like that yep. that they originally were paring down. So they wanted to make sure that they were in on that initial group. And so they were there Wednesday night, 8 p.m., sleeping on the streets so that they could hop in Thursday or no, it was Thursday at 8, 8, 8 p.m. So that in the morning when they opened up, they could be in that, that top 300. And these are people who are signed, signed yeah. to events. And uh, even like Cloud9 and Tempo Storm was just shipping people there at the last minute, like just go. And maybe they were sleeping on the streets because they didn't have hotels <laughs> in Seattle. But really, it's just the way that they're organizing this is in a lot of ways, it's a detriment to their community, right? In terms of there could have been online qualifiers for this, right? And you got to a point where, like, okay, these are the 300. They've been invited, and maybe we have people to backfill if they don't show up, whatever it may be. Something <laughs> that could have allowed players in. I know that they're very anti, like, anybody having a buy-in, like, any kind of esports uh uh, essentially team having ownership they don't want them necessarily involved they want to be very grassroots but really what they're saying is like we don't want to have to plan anything we just want the huge fan base to randomly show up whenever we do something and they do yeah. which is the this is the mind-blowing thing about it is that they do i it, i don't know i mean as a competitor that just like it feels like it's going to be um poorly controlled for the, the players like they're going to have to suffer through some of that that those pains in order to try to play the game to make this hundred million dollar prize pool that they want to get a piece of it's it's the wild west and it's crazy to me yeah. and i i'm equal parts astounded and impressed <laughs> with yeah. the way that especially <laughs> Fortnite has turned out yeah. I just got to say, because I watched I watched a ton of that summer skirmish at PAX, and I don't know. It was just like I I watched I, I didn't even plan on watching it the whole day, and I watched it the whole freaking day. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 entertaining. I, I feel like they're they're doing some good stuff production wise. I think uh, some of the different map views that they had, their observers are pretty pretty damn talented. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, it's becoming more watchable. I felt like some of the earlier stuff was having was was having some issues. I feel like it's just getting better. I think they're they're understanding how to tell uh, a narrative or, or kind of give you a, a thread to kind of hang on throughout the entire uh, fight. I still think it gets really hard to watch in the last few moments because it's just build, 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 and it's hard to understand what 100 percent is going on. So you get a lot of like top down views. <laughs> Um, and it's as the, you know, the circle tightens in, there's less for you to observe and there's a lot of building going on. So it gets a little convoluted. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the funny part is, is about how Epic treats this community is really reminiscent of how Blizzard used to back in the days when Warcraft was huge. We're talking like, Mm -hmm. you know, the 12, 15 million range is when it was, you know, big. Right. And you couldn't get the time of day from Blizzard if you're a community person. In all honesty, you couldn't. Uh, but that you know, it changed after they started to like, you know, some people were leaving. They're releasing new games. They changed their mindset right around the time of like Hearthstone and 
Overwatch, and when they so in the last couple of years, Hearthstone, or sorry, Blizzard has done just a complete 180 when it comes to working with communities, and I think they, while they Overwatch has less players, okay, <laughs> definitely has less players than Fortnite, but it still has a very very vibrant and passionate community. Um, because of how they interact with them originally. Now, from a tournament or esports cons- cons- uh, uh, perspective, it, that's not there. Yeah. But I think from a community standpoint, they've done their leaps and bounds better than Epic when it comes to yes. com- talking to their community. Yes, and same thing with the Heroes of the Storm community. They they have done it very well, where they are are really kind of putting the focus on the content creators and. Um, even though there's been it, what, what happens in Heroes of the Storm, which is interesting, is that a lot of times these these community tournaments will pop up and Blizzard really doesn't have their hands in any of it. Right. But when it comes to the content creators, they do because they need to they need them to support mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. Epic is in this position where they they got ninja. They don't need anybody. <laughs> they got, <laughs> they've got, you know, Tim the Tatman and Ninja and uh Dr. Lupo and all those guys who are out there, all the pros that are playing the game, it's, you know, number one most of the time up on Twitch. It's like their philosophy is going to be different on approaching it. Right. Because they don't, like, they don't, I don't think they expect it to be here. I don't think they expect it to be where they are right now in this position. I think there's equal parts playing catch up, right? But also at some point in time, like, they don't need to invest in some of those areas, right? They don't need it. Like, they're already printing money but there will come a time and a place where they will get back and they will wish that they had supported or they will flip the switch and start supporting people because they need that i mean mm-hmm. i got really big into guild wars 2 at some point uh, at some point in time um uh, during like pre-launch and whatever and we had a great following on the, the site that i built and i had zero help from from guild wars 2 from from arena net um laughably so and uh, what essentially happened is they tried to in-house all of their community stuff, or they would only help certain people. And what happened is, is like that community just died, right? Mm-hmm. Because they weren't really they, they were trying to con- being so controlling that they weren't fostering growth of their community, and so people just stopped, right? I mean, there, there's definitely still ha- they still have their fan base, but is nowhere in the near the numbers of which it was at, at launch. So. We'll, we'll see that. One of the things that I, I kind of caught wind of, and I, I, th- I wanted to throw this in here, is that I caught a little bit of some rumblings that uh, Blizzard it was trying to maybe even it, like take Hearthstone in-house more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is 100% true. I heard that maybe even they were wanting to try and do licensing of it. So if you're wanting to run a tournament, you had to pay. And it to me, I feel like that's a really ill-timed thing especially with things like artifact coming out uh gwent is supposedly going to make another big push into esports um you've got uh, uh shadowverse is trying to make a push in the united states now hearthstone has it from a tcg standpoint right now a digital tcg uh but even magic gathering is making another push right so you've got a lot of competition you're arguably maybe even hemorrhaging a few players because you're now like what four years old i think or three years old of a game and so to try and in-house it and charge people to do tournaments is just closing the doors when probably if anything a lot of that pressure is being ramped up on you and i don't think that 
uh, especially when they're trying to organize their own tournament stuff. So again, I'm not 100 percent certain, but it's yeah, it's really about the fact that like trying to take it in house at this point in time seems a little silly. Well, and I mean, I'll admittedly say that I I am confused by the Hearthstone tournament structure to begin with because it doesn't feel like it really has uh, a set. I mean, it feels like it's kind of all over the place, right? Um, and the pros can go out there and get qualification points from any number of kind of fan-run tournaments, right? Well, I mean, there are some designated tournaments on which you can, yeah, like DreamHacks. But really, it's now down to DreamHacks and HCT tournaments is your, your big ways of getting it. Or finishing high on ladder, right? So at the end of the month. And so those – what I think we're going to see is next year – and again, I don't know any of this. This isn't a Blizzard insider information. Nobody's told me specifically what's going to happen. But I feel like there's been a lot of Hearthstone fatigue this year. It's been a learning year for them. Um, at any point in time, you can kick on – uh, you know, play uh, the play Hearthstone Twitch, and there's something going on. But uh, and that's what I'm trying to say is that, like the the importance of every event has lessened now, right? Because yeah, there yeah. there's always an, uh, there's always another event next next weekend. Which you know, if that person wins, cool, they may get in. We may see them somewhere like a couple months from now. Um, the H the the Hearthstone like global games are go is goes on for like eight weeks and so it gets really really drawn out and i feel like the, the importance of place on every match is, is lessened now if you're a pro this is great you've got more opportunities to make more points and more opportunities to possibly win you're not constantly trying to grind out online tournaments for 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 points like we were mm-hmm. in the past because well strivewire went under <laughs> so um that's no longer an option and nobody's really stepped up to replace them but I, I think we're going to see a big change, and if that change includes franchising fees, essentially, or licensing fees, is, sorry, what I meant to say is to, to run a tournament, I feel like that's probably going the wrong wrong way. Yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't know what that benefits. Who's going to pay out of the community to want to run a Hearthstone tournament at this point? Yeah. I, I, I've heard some people doing like kind of quarterly events upwards of like five hundred thousand for the year. Ridiculous. <laughs> now maybe wow. maybe there may be stipulation between that, right? It may be if you're a company doing this like promotionally, then I understand it. Like say, um, who, who like Amazon occasionally does some stuff, right? Uh, I get, well, the Geico games are a good example as well. So that could be something, right? Uh, DreamHack, not so much, but technically they are making money because they're getting people to buy tickets to play. So they are making money. Are they making $500,000 for Hearthstone? Probably not. Right. Would, would they ditch it? Because they're it's probably not bringing in as much money as warrants paying $500,000 on top of all the production. Probably just going to ditch it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to make it fall back on Blizzard's shoulders and... I mean, I like some of these tournaments, like Take TV does, like the, you know, the the Need for uh, Seat uh, tournaments and so on and so forth. Like those are so much fun, right? They're in, incredibly fun to watch, but I don't want to see those go away because yeah. they have to pay some kind of fee for it. Because technically, they are making money on it. They do have sponsors. So I, again, it is somewhat speculation, a little bit hearsay. I don't notice stipulations on it. I just think anybody who goes, when we're talking about, again, supporting communities, I think this is not the right model. Yeah. I mean. No, I agree. It's not. I agree. Even uh, 
Well, Fortnite will certainly have to figure that out at some point down the road. I don't know when that bubble is going to burst, but it will burst. We will know at some point that there's going to be a game that's going to step in over Fortnite and be like, uh, and sudden, suddenly people are going to be like, dead game. It's going to happen. Right, and it right. happens with every game. <laughs> so, but uh, we live in a time right now where I don't know what that game could be. So yeah, it could and- be... And I actually got to play a uh, chance to play uh, Artifact. I don't know. We, we d- totally didn't throw this in the notes um, or <laughs> really talk about it. But um, it is a game that's out there. I don't know how I'll use the term esports ready it is. Um, it, games seem to take a little bit longer. It does definitely feel different than Hearthstone. It feels more like a deck building game. It feels more like I'm playing against a person than Hearthstone. And Hearthstone, you feel like you're playing against a deck. And the only real thing is you just hope that that person messes up, right? Yeah. And maybe just because there's like an optimal way of playing. And the RNG is based on playing of those cards, but you know when those cards might hit and some of the RNG that could happen. With Artifact, there's RNG involved a little bit, and that largely happens to do or is, is around placement of cards. Um, where it's kind of randomized when they drop it in. Um, but it's imagine playing like three Hearthstone games against another opponent, and they've got one deck, and then they can play cards in certain areas, and you've got to play against that. Yeah. You have to guess where that person's going to play the card. Not just what card are they going to play, but where are they going to play it? Why are they going to play it? What did they buy last round? So there's a lot of thinking, a lot of complexity to it. The downside, though, is it's really not easy to jump in on, say, turn four and know what the hell's going on. Yeah. I sat there for like a good, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes watching, and I couldn't tell you what was going on. I think I even watched maybe for like 40 minutes waiting for an appointment at one point in time just because I wanted to get a good grasp of it before I had my hands on it. I had no clue. I really couldn't tell. I couldn't yeah. hear the casters, so that probably didn't help because there was so much noise. But Hearthstone, visually, you can understand it. Mm-hmm. You can't understand visually art- artifacts. You can't understand visually. You have to click on cards to see what they actually say or do. And that's tough, right? And so, uh, and it's you can't see in hand necessarily what it is that they do. So some of it is uh, as you learn it. But what I can tell you is this: as you play it, that complexity doesn't exist because as you're playing turn one, there's only so much you can do. Turn two, they add on another layer of complexity. Turn three, th- turn three, turn four, the complexity builds. But at no point in time do you feel as you're playing it overwhelmed with the complexity. But as you're viewing it, if you jump in, you don't know what's gone on from one to four. You may not necessarily know as a newcomer what the hell's going on. Yeah. And I think that's something they have to overcome for it to become more esportish. And it's also somewhat of a long game. Matches are usually, and I think they said, I did two matches in about 45, 50 minutes. It's a hmm. little heavy. But that's also kind of like learning it so i'm sure i think they said they were probably seeing like 12 to 14 minutes a match that's like fast playing now you put that in in an esports setting where people are taking their time and contemplating everything and you could be seeing 30 to 40 minute games and that (sighs) is going to be probably pretty damn ridiculous maybe not 30 to 40 minutes but still really long matches you're not saying though that artifact is the game that's going to take out fortnite you're not saying that are you no, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying it. I think it will have a, a solid following. It'll get a great push on Steam. It'll have the Dota people behind it. Um, I think it's a fun game to play, but I, I don't think it's the Hearthstone. I don't think it's the Hearthstone killer. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, 
it's just it's it's different. It's different it enough different. that I almost have a hard time finding it as an esport, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the amount of complexity, I find it. I, I would think it's really it's like casting. No, lie, I'd be like casting like three Hearthstone matches at <laughs> single time, um, simultaneously. And I think that I think that that complexity is maybe almost too much for the average viewer. Um, it's like watching a Dota two match with the sound off, right? If you're new, you have no idea what's going on, and yeah, you may be able to get hype from some of the energy of the casters and so on and so forth. And, and if anything, it's more visually under you can understand that more visually because okay cool that person killed that person that person killed that person but you don't necessarily know the whys and the hows and the significance of it when it comes to like a card game right and some of the mechanics like so the mechanics are a little difficult to learn but mm-hmm. and because some of the mechanics that seem like very core you're obviously going to have people or, or cards that defy certain mechanics and that's the the lore of those cards right when uh, when a and a, when a color a hero of a certain color dies, they go into like this holding thing where they come back and like say one turn after or two turns after they die. Mm-hmm. Well, some heroes have the ability to immediately come back <laughs> the next turn. So if you're watching, you're like, well, why did that one come back and that one not? Especially when you don't know what those cards do or mean. So, right. yeah, it, it, it's it's fun though. I, I really <laughs> enjoyed. it. I wanted to play it more all weekend. Uh, I and really enjoyed myself. It actually generally felt like I was playing against a person. Even when I played an AI match, so I'm into the cool. game. I like it, but I don't know if it's really in line with with Hearthstone or the Hearthstone Killer. I wouldn't call it that at all yet. All right. Well, now you know more about Artifact. I learned. I learned more about Artifact. I was watching some gameplay the other day just to get a feel for it. But uh, did you I'm under- feeling that? Did, did you understand it? Uh, what was no. going on? No. <laughs> okay. All Mainly right. because those who were playing it weren't talking about how to play it. So that was the that was the trick. So yeah, I'll I'll learn more. I'll, I'll you know I'm interested to see more about it, yeah. and uh, it'll be a cool. It'll be. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. It's coming November. So yeah, I, I know there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on around it. But anyway, yeah. so are we ready for this? Are we get, are we jumping into this? <laughs> I'm rolling my sleeves up, buddy, right now. Let's All go. right, so uh, we got we're, we're we're moving into what would normally be the silly esports news, but this is just people trash people being trash people uh, sort of news. But we'll cap it off with a little bit of fun at the end. So recently, or, I mean earlier today, uh, prior to this recording, even what like four hours ago maybe yeah. <laughs> across Discord, you you send a link. You're like, holy shit! Uh, and it turns out that Doctor Disrespect, while streaming. Uh, I think he was doing like maybe was it Call of Duty or Battlefield. Um, regardless, <laughs> he stops after the end of the match, and you see him kind of turn away from his uh, from the camera for a second. And then if you listen carefully, you hear like pop, pop, pop. Somebody for the second day in a row drove by his house and shot at it. Now the first day they shot at it and nothing like like missed the house, didn't do anything, just basically fired off shots near his house. This time, however, what you heard pop, pop, pop was like more like impact shots. They actually shot his house. And so what happens is he leaves. He runs off. He's like, hold on. Leaves. And it's it's just incredible to, to watch and really, like, really hits home, uh, especially as being a parent. Um, 
and, and having him come back, and you know, he comes back and he comes back out of character, right? The wig's gone, glasses are off, and he's standing. He's like, you, you could just see like there's like this incredible amount of like tension, like, and almost like maybe even like a like shock and disbelief. Like you could just tell he was like running through his house because what happened is, is when they shot, they shot through the upstairs window and it got into the house. So it wasn't like they just hit the house and it bounced off. They literally shot into his house. So if somebody was standing in that window or his daughter was in that room, when it happened, could have been injured, could have been killed. Ridiculous amount of stupidity. Now, uh, he essentially <laughs> while, while doing this, uh, you just transforms into from like, you could just see it. Like it just, it, he goes from like that kind of freaking out. I need to check on my family mentality to, I want to kill this person. <laughs> like, and he just, I have to quit. I had to quit the stream. And it's just insane that we live in a world one where this is happening at events. Right. Um, and now people think it's even mildly okay to stalk someone, drive by their house and try to scare them with something like this. Do I think they were intentionally trying to shoot at him? I don't think so. I think they're trying to scare him. But this is some dumb, crazy ass person who's attempting to do this. And the outcome of this, one, is uh, very bad for the person doing it, but could have been incredibly bad. I mean, this is someone who has had his daughter on stream. You know he has a wife. You know he has a daughter in that house. And you can also hear at the end of the clip his wife yelling to him about something. Now, this happened earlier in the day, so probably good chances the kid was at school. But I don't think crazy ass driving by shooting even cared. You definitely don't care when you shoot at a person's house into their house. That is essentially attempting murder in a lot of ways. And I don't care who this person is. I hope they get caught. I hope that he just presses charges. I hope they go to jail for as long as they can because... They need to learn that this isn't like prank phone calling someone, ha, ha, ha. This isn't even like, you know, calling in someone and having SWAT show up. It's it's possibly even more dangerous than people who try and, like, SWAT other people because you're literally firing a fucking gun into a person's house with their family there. So, honestly, like, after I, I watched that clip and I was in, like, a meeting, I literally freaked out, like, called my family, just had to, like, check in. And it's because I I understand. I understand what happened. Like, largely, and ironically, something very similar happened to me when I moved to Ohio. Like the first week my family got there, I was downstairs, and I and there was like a like a wooded ravine area, and it's one o'clock at night, and I'm turning like walk into like my the kitchen, and I hear pop 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 pop, and I'm like, holy shit! Someone is literally firing a gun within one house range of mine. And I don't know if it's a crazy ass person doing whatever. So here it is two o'clock in the morning. I've got to run upstairs and like wake up family. Like we gotta get we gotta move. Everybody needs to be up and be mobile. Like you don't know if somebody's gonna walk into your house. So now that's the kind of shit his family has to live with. And I know I'm like wow. totally going on a rant here, but like it really hits home. If you're a parent and you have to think about the fact that my kid can't play in their room because someone might shoot them because I'm playing a video game and they think it's funny to drive by my house and shoot at me. Like, that's just pure fucking ridiculousness. And I know if people are like trying to say, like, Twitch should do something about this. This is outside the realm of Twitch. This is police, right? Yeah. This is, I mean, you can't, as much as you want to say, like, Twitch should protect its people. Somewhere along the line, they got his information, right? Who It wasn't necessarily from Twitch. It's not like they called Twitch, like, hey, I need to get Dr. Disrespects, or I need to get a hold of Guy Beam and figure out where he lives. 
there's ways to find where people live. This is just general people being crazy. And you sometimes just can't out, out defend yourself against crazy. You just need to up and move. And I don't know what he does at this point. No, that's the thing what? I was wondering. Yeah. That, that's actually what I was wondering, too, is what do you do? at this point when now you know that someone has your home address and has, and has now fired gunshots at your home two days in a row two days how does yeah this was the second time this and this is allegedly but all numerous reports have said that he said that the day before today there were also shots fired at the house and i i so i sit here in it, it's when I first started doing anything related to podcasting, being on the internet, I have a father who is a police chief, retired police chief. And um, the very first thing that he said to me is, you are not putting your real name on the internet. You're not. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. And that is a a lesson, you know, at some point you're kind of thinking, oh, you're just being a, pr- a protective father blah 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 and in the six years that i have been uh doing things on the internet uh, things have gotten uncomfortable to points where i'm actually very glad that i took that advice because i i worry about people who can just decide that they are capable of picking up a gun and driving to that person's house And, and i believe that anybody who picks up a gun has intention to hurt and harm that's not about scaring uh, you know i i don't yeah. i don't know how I, you can pick up a gun and and not think that you could kill someone with it yeah and, and some people like even ask questions like was there a light on that room right like i mean it was the middle of the day i believe west coast time like maybe around like one two o'clock and also if i'm fairly if i'm certain or well it, from my guess i think guy actually like uh streams out of his basement like he had, he created his whole new setup there, and he I think he recently ish moved, like in the last couple months. So that's probably why they were able to find it, right? And and from a paper trail somewhere along the line. I mean, possibly. Th- it's just it's, and you can say, well, there's there's odds. Like for every, you know, there's maybe one crazy person out of every hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or whatever you want to say it. But when you've got two hundred thousand people watching him. Uh, it, it takes one crazy. It only takes one crazy ass person, and it's terrifying. And it is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, in in this, especially on the back, uh, you know, of, of what happened recently at the Madden tournament, um, it, it's what happened in the Madden. Is, the Mad the Madden tournament was different, right? This was someone basically having uh, was a, essentially a, a psychological break, right? And so. Someone who's probably struggled with mental illness. This, it's hard to tell because you don't know what the motive is. Is, is it, I mean, is, is it people think they're they're having some fun, getting a good scare? Or is it someone who is legitimately trying to harm him? He doesn't know who it is. And that's the scary-ass part. You never know when it's going to happen. He could be walking out his front door one time. They think, oh, they just have to be driving by that time. He could open up his front fucking door and get shot and not even know. Yeah. Like, it's just... The level of paranoia that even I have for him and for his family is bad. I can't imagine being in his shoes. He hasn't tweeted since then <laughs> right now. He hasn't made any kind of statement on it. There's been some speculation. Some people have said some stuff. But, like, it, I can't believe. I can't, I just, I can't believe that this is the, the state of 
any like the we, the world that we live in that people just think it's okay or this is a funny fucking joke to shoot at someone's house. I don't think it. I I don't ever think that someone believes that it's a joke. Yeah. The swatting thing seems to be the work of people who think it's funny. Right, but even, so, even so. Would, yeah, even, I mean, I can't think so of it. Someone picking up a gun and driving purposefully to someone ha- someone's house and saying, ha, 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 "I'm fucking awesome." Like, I don't think that's how I, they're thinking. Well, you, you know what? Like at the, at the same point in time, like, what is the even what spurred this on? Right? Like, why are you driving by someone's house? Like, what has? I mean, uh, is he wrong doing a fucking video game? Right? Like, it, that's the thing. Is like, I just. I know so many people who do like IRL streams that constantly get people running up on them, and and it's scary. There's, uh, there was just one recently, I think, in like the live stream fail where a guy was walking around with his, his phone, you know, just live streaming himself. Um, like I don't know, I think he like walked out of like a grocery store, or whatever, and someone ran up to him, was like, "Hey, give me your, give me your, give me your money, give me your phone, whatever, blah blah blah," and you could just see like he was like, "Holy fuck, am I really getting robbed?" And this person doesn't know I'm live streaming. And ended up being the guy knew he was live streaming. He was just joking. It's like oh, I'm just messing with you, blah 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 blah. But in that moment, like that person was like, "Shit, holy shit, I'm getting mugged." Like you don't yeah. know the difference. And, and but the thing is, is like this has become somewhat of a hello wow. motorcycle. Hi yeah. motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, this has become somewhat of a, a, a normal, if, if not funny, thing for people to do to IRL things or IRL streamers is. I want to get on the stream. I want to get my five minutes of fame or whatever it may be. I want to like play a joke on this person. And so, which is why you don't know if it, it is essentially someone's, some crazed fuckers version of that. Um, it's, it's hard to, you don't know, <laughs> but it, yeah, the fact that they and- now have come back two days is what makes me, th- if it had been one day, like maybe, but two days in a row, it feels kind of jokey, right? Like, like they think this is a continual funny thing to do. No, oh, I to think get that's, a reaction that's from like, this is this is just nuts. They, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I feel you... like with the amount of attention that is getting now, there won't be a third, but uh, there, there, there will definitely be something going on, like from a security standpoint. Now, well, you can guarantee that he's yeah. most likely going to go hire bodyguards right now. He's probably got the police patrolling his home now to protect his family. Um, and he's probably rethinking a lot of things for his future of being able to go to a con without having somebody there to protect him. That's a really so, good point. I think a, a lot of uh, streamers have talked about need for security at, at conventions because largely because of, like the IRL stuff, people like joking around, getting too close, doing whatever. It, it it's really really hard to say. Like it's just. I, I mean, I'm like rewatching that video even now, and it's just like, man, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for him. I just, yeah, I am not a huge, I, I am not a fan of his at all. But I don't wish mm-hmm. that on anyone no. at all, ever. No. I get you. And <laughs> so it's a, it's an, a, a tremendously unfortunate thing. And I do think that, um, I will be very curious to know how it resolves. You know, I think that we all will because we want to know. Can he be safe again? Can he yeah. feel like he's safe again if this person is caught? And even if they are, can it happen again to any of us? It could. Yeah, and that's and, just, that's really fucking scary. And, and what, what I also want to know is like this just, I don't want to see this become a thing, right? Like no. swatting became a funny thing to do. I, this is not a funny fucking thing to do. Well, swatting became a funny thing to do and then someone fucking died. Right. <laughs> 
It, but everybody kept saying, stop doing it because someone will die. And that's the same thing here. It's like, you may think this is funny to drive by somebody's house and shoot at it, but eventually someone will die. It, it's just I, I can't even believe that like we have to talk about this but I and it's, I, I feel bad because this is like not incredibly incredibly esports related but fuck it this is still stupid like this yeah. this is relevant in a lot of ways well but. dr disrespect is a huge um member of the community and i would argue that he has notoriety that would be equivalent to a lot of esports stars so i do think it's very relevant for esports anybody who is out there esports related is most likely streaming and they're most likely sharing information about themselves online and not even maybe thinking about it, you know, saying where they live or talking about traveling to certain places. You have to be so careful. You do. Um, I am very, I mean, I was having a conversation the other day with my friend Jocelyn Moffat from the angry chicken podcast. And we were talking about, the Pokemon Go game where now you can be friends with people and send them gifts. Well, the gifts will tell you exactly where that gift was picked up. Like like location oh, of that landmark. Scary. Yeah. Right? And so like mine I, I I walk down to the local park and it's now telling you exactly what city and state that local park is at. Jocelyn, her name is on the internet. It's that is her name. If she were to send those gifts to anybody who she didn't know and didn't trust, they would have a very decent area of location for her. Think about that. I mean, these are the things that we have to think about nowadays as content creators. And that sucks. It sucks. Oh, yeah. It's awful stuff. Well, speaking of awful, I'll let you take uh, over on this one. You, you want to get into the more awful stuff? Oh, Lordy. Um, so I'll be honest, this is, this one's hard for me because, um, well, it's just hard for me because this argument has been happening for so long and it's not ending, but, um, the recent uproar that has come around is related to a very sexist CEO of a company called, uh, Gaming Gear Shop. His name is Joshua Forbes and... Joshua decided to post a comment on LinkedIn in response to an article about women's interest in video games. And he wrote this long missive, I guess is the way to put it there, about how women don't feature in esports because it's about skill, not manipulation. Things that would normally benefit women in the real world, like being attractive or intelligent, don't apply. Blah, blah, fucking blah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I know. That he also says that um, that women should, uh, you know, stay home to nurse their babies. Yeah. That. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when I threw this in the notes, I put trash CEO is trash. It was the actual title. Because I, I found this and you were like, well, do you really want to talk about this? And I was like, well, it's not just... I, it, it's better that you're here to talk about it as well. Yeah. Right. Well, because the reason why I asked you that, it. and I'm going to be, you know, flat out honest, the reason I asked Seven if I want, if you wanted to talk about it is because, like, I've been arguing this point since right. I've been birthed. Yeah. <laughs> I and, mean, and, and I have just recently come off of working with a female-focused Heroes of the Storm team 
yeah. that was focused on trying to make a point about getting women into esports and in in and been interviewed by a couple of different outlets about this whole thing. And I I I most recently had an interaction in my own gaming experience where I was treated as a lesser because I was a woman. So I'm sitting there going, this is just the same old <sighs> shit. Right. That I've been listening to, that we've all been listening to for years, just being regurgitated. But now it happens to be someone who owns a company around gaming. So we're sitting up and paying attention to call this guy out and call him a piece of crap. And what's what's awful is, like, even when he did go and say, like, you know, because, you know, esports, they don't benefit from things like they do in the real world, like being attractive or intelligent, whatever it may be. Like, even when he gets called out for it, he doubles down on another statement that even, like, further cements the fact that the guy just needs to be, like, thrown into a river, right? Like, it's just awful, awful shit. And um, one of the things that, I mean, esports as in, in general, like, we this past weekend, I think it was the Rainbow Six team, right, even featured... Was it Rainbow Six? We were talking yep. about this. It was Cloud Nine's uh, Rainbow Six team yeah. uh, has got us on their team, and yeah. they won. Yeah, imagine that. But it, the, the thing is, this is like if you think esports as a whole is going to grow, double down to a two hundred billion dollar business, whatever you want to call it, in like twenty twenty five or whatever it is, any projection you throw out there, if you think at all the esports as a business will ever ever grow without including uh, people of whatever gender they they choose to identify as, and just simply hold it down to just males. You're ridiculous, and you just need to get the shit out of the space right now. I mean, it's just you look historically at any game that has been more inclusive to people, and it's performed better, had happier communities, better communities, and just overall been better. And you look at some of the, the communities that are super toxic <laughs> and awful and people have the worst time trying to get into those games or whatever it may be. Um, and they're generally just super male dominated. Uh, and it's, and it's a, just it's awful experience. Now, I'm just focusing on the gaming aspect of it. Not the <laughs> fact that, like just in real world, this is still a lot of bullshit just from a gaming standpoint to focus down on that. Like, if you if that is your mentality, just go to iTunes, find the Nerf This podcast, hit unsubscribe. Don't want to. I don't want to talk to you. I don't, want, I don't even yeah. want to waste. You know what I mean? Like, go away. Get away from esports. Uninstall whatever it is that you play, and do whatever shit you need to do to fix yourself. Because it's anybody who has this mentality in this day and age, in this space, or just in general, is just ridiculous. I, I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, but it's it happens every single day, and just the mere fact of me sitting in this chair on a podcast with you talking about esports right. will infuriate people. <laughs> Seven, like it, 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 that is that is the way of life. That is how it works right now, and I am very encouraged by the fact that it is changing because we are out there making this message known and there are people out there on twitter saying this is bullshit this is this is archaic this this way of thinking went out with the cavemen and so should you but it's it's 
it's finally being stood up to. It's fine. It's finally being uh, called out and saying, stop saying these things, you know, but it happens to me all the time. If I'm in a game and I use voice chat all the time, you know, you have a sexy voice. I get the same thing, though, Jules. I don't know. I'm just joking. Yeah, I know. Right. Lighten the mood a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> it's just I, 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 you know, the, this it's exhausting for me because yeah, I, I live this every day, but I'm still here. And the saddest part about this, talking about this specific article, is when I saw the tweet, the initial tweet that sent this out into the ether, and they linked who it was. They linked this this company called uh, Gaming Gear Shop. And I clicked on the Twitter handle for them. And you know what it said? It said, follows Jules RPG. They follow me on Twitter. It's and that's crazy. and that's the bullshit? Like, come on. Now, I understand that the company and the CEO, whatever, whatever, you know. But that just, I don't know. There was something about that that stung like mad. Because I'm like, you're out there saying this about women in esports when i'm out here every day fighting for women in esports fuck you like that's 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 what my first reaction of it was (laughs) fuck you (laughs) so um but it is changing and it is being called out more people are standing up men are standing up for women in in gaming and esports which is amazing i don't know if we would have seen the players that we have seen, like Gaguri, Scarlet, uh, Goddess, um, the women that are coming up in Hearthstone. Uh, it, it's, it's Karma, who's playing for Rocket League, Splice's team. There's just, there's wonderful women in esports now, and it's it's changing. So conversations like this will keep on helping it, because if you still believe that women can't compete in esports... We're going to show you something that you haven't seen before. Yeah. The other scary part is uh, about that tweet, um, like outside the fact that the, you know, the CEO follows you and whatever is that uh, it's 2018 <laughs> and, and somehow that mindset and posting that shit on the internet is, is even mildly acceptable to someone, right? Like that's that he thought that that would yeah. be okay. Like that's okay. <laughs> and then I'm just going to double down on it when everybody in the world like comes at me and it wasn't even like trying to like, explain it further it was like let me give you some more really shitty derogatory examples like no 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 this is you're you're done yeah well they are they are done and uh so once that went went out there their partner um their partner was it australian based staffing service weploy uh has cut ties with their online shop so um, there's definitely some backlash that came around for this one. Um, I, you know, could do you, if you want to know my thoughts on women and esports, just do a Google search with my name, check out the article I did with Eurogamer. Um, you know, I've got plenty of thoughts on it and I, and I won't do them now because that's not what this show is about, but <laughs> There's there's going to be a reckoning someday, <laughs> and <laughs> and I cannot wait. <laughs> in other words, get on get in on Jules' good side. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you know, 
there's a there's a whole lot of hard work that goes into being a woman in esports, and you get a very thick skin when it comes around to it too. So, but it is something that like I love esports, and that's it's how it's going to be. Sorry if you don't like it. Oh, I I love you, Jules. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> but this show, this show needs some funny stuff. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you bring it home. I'm gonna bring this home with the funny. <laughs> I'm gonna let you. You're here. just gonna do it anyway without my my permission. You're just doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't need no man telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I love you. Um, so <laughs> the last story that we have, which I thought seven was kind of like, I don't know if we should put this in. I said, no, 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 no. This is how it's going to go. Hasbro is launching a line of Fortnite toys, including Monopoly. Now, they they posted a picture of this on the article that Esports Observer put up there, and I looked at it, and I was like, ha, 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 I think we have now reached it, Seven. We have reached peak esports. Fortnite Monopoly esports. Bring it. And, and, and Nerf, I believe, was the other thing. Like... Uh, this, <laughs> this is really, uh, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's, it's freaking monopoly. I don't like the most bland of games now turned into, or wanting to buy into Fortnite. So now we have bland games, uh, or old school games, I guess you could say, uh, <laughs> who've definitely tried anything they can do to sell more of the same game over and over and over in the years. Oh yeah has decided to try and buy into the Fortnite hype and uh ironically these will these will sell and they'll make money uh and some people will have like four versions of Monopoly now um yeah, yeah. well i mean the, i think that the the appeal with the nerf blasters is they're going to be designed against some of the guns in Fortnite so you can walk around with a real that, uh you know yeah. no, shoddy. That, that that's kind of kind of coolish uh you know if you're because if you're a kid or at an office and you really want to take somebody out, but I don't know. I, don't know. I just I'm I'm thinking that we've got like peak esports when you're talking Fortnite Monopoly. The worlds collide. You start making a tournament about playing Fortnite Monopoly. Maybe I'm reaching a little bit. Mm, I, don't I don't know. Think. I think when we get to like a some kind of like shoots and ladders version of Fortnite, then we might. <laughs> That might be when it's time to call it quits or... You sunk my battleship. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, okay. I know I'm reaching, but we needed a palate cleanser after all the heavy. So I'm just going to stick my, ne- my neck out on the line and say, eh, it's going to be, uh, you know, okay, maybe not. Maybe it's not the peak of esports, but I'll dream. Somebody's going to come up with something related to Mon- Monopoly esports. And then I'm going to be like, see, I told you. Pivotal hey. moment. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Full contact Fortnite Monopoly will be a YouTube sensation. While while maybe taking spoonfuls of cinnamon and a Tide Pod. There we go. That's right. That might be the peak. <laughs> Are we done? This is done. <laughs> we have to end it. We have to end it. <laughs> <We're done. laughs> I've never done the outro for this show, so I'm just going to wing it, see how we do, and go from there. Uh, <laughs> you can find Nerf this. On all your favorite podcatchers, uh, all of things related, so iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, what is it? 
Spotify. We're on Spotify now. We're on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. That's strange. Um, that's new. And you can find our website at nerfthis.gg. You can also check out our daily show, which I have to post up tomorrow's episode, like, in a little bit i just did it a little while ago and that's called esports daily with myself brian and seven you can listen to our daily news broadcast it's uh three to five minutes if you're lucky <laughs> about all of our different esports headlines short sweet to the point get you on with your day monday through friday so you can check it out there and what am i missing seven help me out here the twitter's gonna gotta plug the those socials i do so the twitter you can find us twitter.com slash nerf this crew facebook facebook is nerf this instagram nerf this and uh yeah like check out our twitter for sure because that's when we we tweet out whatever twitch puts out there of what all the upcoming esports is like they they put out this calendar and it's the best and you should just check it that out don't follow them follow us we'll tell you how it works <laughs> i like it i like it <laughs> stealing so from the socially rich and seriously anyway. i think that'll do it for us brian will be back next week we hope if his equipment makes it there uh so safe travels princess we miss you i think that's how we end it <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna jump in on it but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.